Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios. This is Old School. Brought to you by Sand Hills Global. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. Hour two of old school right here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. You can get a hold of us, Honda Lincoln Hotline, Starter Game and Text Line, 402-464-5685. Or check out some beautiful smiling faces on the Starter Heyman Jewelers live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, old school, sponsored by Sandhills Global. Sandhills Global is looking to fill hundreds of new openings in sales, traveling, sports, software development, web design, and more. Career and internship opportunities are available at the Global Headquarters in Lincoln. Apply today at sandhills.jobs. And without further ado. The autumn wind is a pirate. Blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song he sweeps along. Swaggering boisterously. His face is weather-beaten. He wears a hooded sash with a silver hat about his head and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. And the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. I, I just goosebumps every time. Let's bring him in. Let's bring him in, QB coach. Hey, man. I like the way you let that breathe at the end every time it makes you laugh. Oh, just that's, yeah. you know, that's sitting in. Uh, you'll appreciate this is sitting in Swanson's orchestra class and having yes. Miss Grant always close yes. her eyes at, at the end of whatever crescendo there was. And I was like, and do you, and do you remember Mr. O'Shields in his white pants? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Like it was like, okay, we're all, we're all creatures of the people in our community. Um, yeah. How you doing BT? Uh, good and getting better. Good and getting better. Good and get. Jay's here. We were talking about, you know, of course, the transfer portals is, is everything. And, and yeah. folks are trying to figure out where they where they land on and how they feel about it. But you get a different perspective in it. And Jay mentioned the thing, you now the transfer portal is hitting high schools. And I said, yeah, it's a good thing because Barry's son, he bounced around and moved with purpose. I said, and there's a difference yeah. between people who are moving uh, to gain advantage and then people who are moving because this is – kind of the plan of how they're going to do things and your son won i mean not many people win three state high school championships consecutively uh at two different schools yeah 
just to, I'll tell you a little bit about Miles' journey, which is, had a lot to do with happenstance. Uh, he was going into the public school system, like, you know, he was going to, because I was coaching at Woodson, the way Fairfax County works, you have to, there's two ways that you can get to another school, or I think a couple ways. One is you move into that district, right? The other is um, they have all these different academies. And so if, for instance, I think Falls Church had a criminal justice academy, and it's set up that none of the schools have the same academy. So if you want to do criminal justice and Woodson didn't have it, you could then, you know, within reason go to Falls Church. And the other way is if your parent works at that school more than 20 hours, then your kid can go. So he was at Woodson with me because I was coaching there. And then I, I left Woodson and uh, was done and was uh, training Lyndall Stone at the time, who's now an uh, offensive coordinator down here in Sydney. And um, so Lyndall's father started, you know, um, encouraged me to go down to Woodbury. And I did, and Coach Alexander and I hit it off. And they actually started asking about Miles. Nothing, I mean, he's just a little skinny freshman kid. But it was more like, you're, you're, you're a pretty good guy. And, you know, so this is a good place. So why don't you have your son here with you? And um, so I was dragging my feet. And finally, uh, Coach Elgin said, just have him take this thing called the SSAT. Have him take it, and that'll get him in the queue for next year. And I reluctantly, you know, had Miles take the test. After that, Coach Alexander says to me, they really want to talk to your son. I go, what do you mean? He goes, no, they really want to talk to your son. <laughs> and so what had happened was, just to, for people out there that don't know, um, the, if you think of like, a, if you teach students the alphabet, right, a, a through, you know, all the alphabet, and then you take an SOL, a standard, uh, what's the standards of learning thing, mm-hmm. that's can you recite the alphabet. If you take an SAT, that is how many words can you make out of the alphabet. But if you take an SSAT, that's like we're going to design a test that if you're really good, you're going to get 50% of it wrong. Well, Miles in a couple of categories is up in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And so they really wanted to talk to him. And so he lands in this real competitive football environment at Woodbury that, I mean, just guys going to Stanford, going to Notre Dame, going to – uh, three in one class went to UVA, going to Army, going to Bryant, going to Towson, SMU, uh, Alabama. And these were students. They went to school six days a week at an all-boys sporting school. So he lands into that mix, and he's doing fine. And um, the second year, he reclassed in the second year, uh, there were some changes on campus. And that Thanksgiving, uh, he he says to me, I'm sorry, not a second year, but it's finished the first year. One second. He says to me, I went out. And I'm like, bro, we can't, you know, it's the middle of the year. We can't do this. And he goes, no, I just, he didn't want any more to do with it. So we're looking to bring him back home. And because he had reclassed, when you go to the public school side, that clock, that clock keeps ticking, which would have been his junior in school, would have been his senior year uh, playing football. And I said, you're okay with that? And he goes, yeah, I don't care. And I said, well, let's just look around a little bit. So, you know, being really smart, I checked the school that was a half mile from the house. <laughs> <laughs> and the same thing popped up. You know, they, they're, well, you know, we don't do mid-year transfers. And, and they told me I have to do all this stuff. And I said, well, we have an SAT for, SSAT for Woodbury. And when was it? 
And he's like, yeah, well, you're going to have to take I said, well, knowing how Woodbury reacted, I said, well, would you just kind of take a look at his scores and see? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I'll take a look at it. But, you know, this class is really big. We don't have it. About 30 minutes later, the guy comes back and says, you never, this stops, you never believe what happened. I go, what happened? He said, we just had an opening in the we <laughs> get him in December. <laughs> so, never believe it, right? It, no, but academic faith. So he really wasn't like this huge talent floating around that everybody's. It was just happenstance. I went to Woodbury. He got convinced to go to Woodbury. Um, he won it in Coach Elgina. It was his last year, and um, things, things changed on campus. There's probably a reason why Coach Elgina wasn't invited back. And then he doesn't see the value in all the other stuff. So we come up. You know, it's going to be a public school, one year to play, and then we just land. And because of the SSAT score, they won them right away. Now, what he landed into, he landed into this situation where he was the missing piece. Now, don't get it twisted. I, I love my son, and he was good, and he is good, talented, and he's smart. But that team um, was a special team. Jay, you probably played on some teams like this. Uh, when we would go over, and just to let your listeners know, off of that team, um, which was only 28 players total, 28 players total, there was about 17 of them that really got it done. So off of that team, there were three true freshman starters, um, NC State, Wake Forest, and the other was Wake Forest, but now he's at Oklahoma State. Uh, the senior class, that's a, the, anyway, that's Miles' class. The one before, uh, Eastern Carolina, Elon, um, then back to Miles' class, uh, along with Wake Forest, NC State, uh, JMU, Oklahoma State, um, and then, oh, UVA. And so this is how these guys would play. They, um, they never had drives. They just didn't have drives. Uh, they, there would be a play, a play, and boom, they would score. <laughs> and, and so, but, but boy, it gets worse. It gets worse. The kicker that we had had 62 touchbacks. So here's this team that would score on you, and then your reward was you were definitely getting the ball back at the 20-yard line. <laughs> you definitely were. That's where it was going to be. That's it. So you had 80 yards to start. And then most of those guys, they flipped over and they played defense. It's all so, D1s sitting on D1s. Right, so you weren't getting very far. <laughs> you tossed the ball, they would score again, and then your reward is you got the ball at the 20-yard line. So just after two scores, you're sitting there, and it's, you know, it's, it, it becomes very quickly an all-day sucker. <laughs> and they just ran, they ran through um, 22 teams like that. And on the private school side in Virginia, uh, it, it's the Richmond area, right? Like in the public school side, they talk about the beach. Uh, on the private school, they talk about Richmond, the collegiate, and, you know, Russell Wilson. There's a lot of guys that come out of Benedictine, they go to Duke, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but that, those two years, they just ruled the roost. Uh, yeah, now. Yeah. But Barry, uh, Barry, let me, yeah, let, let yeah. me intercede. See, see the humble, <laughs> the humbleness of Barry Thompson is one thing. Uh, when he tells you his son that special, I'm a, I'm a, Jay, I'm going to have Barry give you some stats. And you tell me if this dude's special or not. Uh, how fast was your son? He was fast. But let me, no, uh, no, 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 just, no, you. no, he was fast. But wait, wait, wait. Just to stick with the team. By his senior year, there were 
four of them that ran four three eight. This is and a they quarterback. Were on the back so two receivers, my son, and a running back. They were all ran four three eight. Four three eight. Um, how many yards did he throw for in his high school career, Barry Thompson? I don't. I know you know the answer. Yeah, yeah. How he many touchdowns? How many touchdowns efficient. did he throw for? Uh, I don't know. He, he was pretty efficient. <laughs> right. Offers from where? Uh, wait, what? Army, Penn, Davidson, some other schools. So all the military academies want this guy yeah, to play quarterback. Jay yeah, Foreman. They want him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just all right. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, you can click on his huddle. He, he, uh, oh, that he, whole crew was fun. I'll give you a couple names. They were all fun to watch. He was a bad boy. <laughs> he was a he was yeah, a bad yeah. boy. Yeah, uh, we're yeah. talking to Barry Thompson. So through this stuff, I mean, there's mm-hmm. purposeful movement, and then it happens at college, and you get to hear from a lot of kids who get in these programs, yeah. and the things whether it's things within the programs, whether mm-hmm. it's uh, things in in real life away from the game, you have to listen to and kind of guard and boundary folks to make decisions and they come to you in, in, in full numbers with, Hey coach, right. should I stay? Should I go? How do you deal right. with it? Well, first of all, I stay out of that business, right. but I, I am exposed to it. So anybody listening, I, I am not in the business of uh kid tells me he's unhappy. I still take the, uh, the coaches viewpoint on it. You know, I ask them a ton of questions. Are you doing this? Are you doing that? Are you doing this? And they'll tell me, you know, in so many situations, it's not really, there according to what the kids tell me but i'm still like you know boom so i i don't have coaches calling me and say hey you know every now and then i'll get a coach say hey do you know of a quarterback that wants to move he's looking for a home uh the times that those phone calls have synced up with the kid that i know that's looking to move have never never been in sync i typically get the phone call and i'm like no all my guys are straight um but this idea about the portal and the, the willingness to move. Uh, two different things. My college players, right, now I have 15 quarterbacks playing college football this fall. Um, they, when there are changes, that's what I'm more exposed to, like a coach leaves somewhere, and they're stuck there as a player. I've gotten a couple of those quick reaction calls. Like, that's their first instinct. This is leaving. Everything's going to change. I work so hard. I don't know what's coming down the pike. You know, me and a couple guys are talking about. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and but none of them have hit that. They they it's calmed it down. The other one is I had three guys uh, of the fifteen. Three have been converted to tight ends. I had one tight end that was um, playing at Women Mary and uh, doing really well, and just got down to where they weren't going to allocate more money to him, and so. Talk about soft landing. He's going to be playing at Yale next year. <laughs> <laughs> so, lesson to all you players that their grades are really important. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that's the part that people miss. Like that, right. and I think to pay attention to it, that the athletic programs right. around the country are going yeah. to make a directional move to that. That if yep. folks want NIL deals, because people don't fail because of athletic talent, they fail because of all the other stuff that they can't handle. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and let me let me finish. It. I'm sorry to interrupt, DP. Let me finish. It. At the high school level, I, I'm more exposed to those impetuses. Like, hey, you know, 
he's here. Is this the right place for him to play? And these, even in my small little circle, you know, I get from players from time to time. He's got all these schools calling him, and sometimes the program's not really good, and they're saying, hey, why are you still here? Why don't you go play somewhere else? So there's that vibe that's going on. And what I think the answer is going to be uh, at the high school level is they need to adopt the D.C. model. And D.C., you can go to whatever high school you want to. And, you know, they went through a, a little period where, you know, guys were ganging up and going to this high school. But after a while, it kind of levels out. And then you start looking. If everybody can move, then where's the advantage? Mm-hmm. Right? Right now, it's it, the way it is in Fairfax. And, and I'm saying the impact of the portal that, you know, at the quarterback position, right, to be a running back and, you know, hey, you're you're a quarterback and you're in a school that, you know, runs a wing team. Mm. You know, so I, I get that from time. So look, you know, just keep being a better quarterback. Here's where you need to go to those camps. And it can happen. I've had quarterbacks run wing teams and uh the last one, Stephen Hickney, he was the freshman of the year at Shenandoah on a stone wing team, like maybe four times a game you'll throw the ball wing team. Right? But there's that thing. And so now you got different programs and how they're gonna market themselves and I think really the answer in our area Eventually, they're just going to have to open the gates and just say, hey, you can go wherever. And now it's going to be up to the school and the program to attract a player rather than uh, guys trying to get to different positions. But it, it's a real thing, DP. It's real. It's real. Yeah, when you, when you uh, are looking, you know, I'm gonna, obviously it's the week of the draft <clears throat> or draft is coming up. When you look at, like, Malik Willis um, and they talk about, you know, his ceiling and everything – what do you see from him as a you know you know QB coach that you know is going to transition well to the NFL, and then also what he really really needs to work on? Well, first of all, the disclaimer, Jay, I'm horrible at picking college quarterbacks who be stars in the NFL. <laughs> right. Well, I think everybody else is, so don't don't feel bad okay, about yeah, it. Yeah, so maybe I can get a job with the GM. Uh, the, other, right. the other thing is, and DP and I've talked about. The things that they evaluate, just think about it. The things that they evaluate these quarterbacks on and pump them up or put them down on. Right. 90% of the time has nothing to do with the quarterbacks that you see that are, quote, franchise quarterbacks are playing at championship level. So Malik, right, the biggest thing that everybody talks about at the combat is how strong his body and his build was and, his lower half and how far he could fling the football. Not bad things. You want that in the quarterback. But when you talk about Brady or Rodgers or um, who's that knucklehead in Kansas City or the great quarterback there, Carr from Vegas, um, you don't talk about them in those terms. You know, then we talk about Brady's lower half and how far he can fling the ball. <laughs> right. Right? So – that's where I'm at a loss. I mean, kudos to the NFL that everybody gets gassed up about every quarterback class that comes around every year, right? <laughs> From my first draft, and it's gonna, you know, I, kudos to them, and people get excited about. It. But to be honest with you, I don't know how it translates. Right. You know, well, it never does, right? Like, I mean, I think history can, has shown yeah. what they look for yeah. and what what they get and what they what works is probably has been on two different spectrums. <laughs> The biggest thing I can say about quarterbacks, and I've said this before, 
there are people out there from time to time who know exactly what they want out of a quarterback, and they know it when they see it, and they pick it, and then they put that quarterback in the exact environment that he needs to have to succeed. And so that, that becomes Peyton, that becomes Brady, that becomes Drew Brees. If you, you know, that becomes Aaron Rodgers. You, you may think he's cantankerous and he does this and does that, but the, the, the fit that he has to be consistently successful at Green Bay, he has it. Uh, you think what you want about Roethlisberger, but he had a consistent run where he was always playing for playoff spots. Right? That's a, that's a healthy career. Um, and so when you look at all those, and you know, here's a good contract. You look at two quarterbacks who didn't have what they needed. So you look at Matthew Stafford, you look at uh, Matt Ryan, right? Yeah. That, those are great examples. Healthy quarterback, Stafford proves he's capable of winning the Super Bowl, but was in an environment where they weren't providing the stuff that he needed to do that. And then you look at Matt Ryan, who's taken a team to Super Bowl, was on the rise, and then now people don't talk so much about Matt Ryan. Same quarterback, same talented guy, yeah. professional. I had a great right? year last year, actually. And so, <laughs> right. And so that, that environment, whoever puts them in and recognizes that this is what this guy needs and we're going to put the stuff around him that will be successful, that's, to me, way more important than, um, you know, his lower half and he can flick the ball 70 yards. Yeah, By the way, I got a guy with a great lower half in football, seventy yards, and I would like for him to get paid too. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? So I'm not angry. I'm just, you know. Hey, right. go ahead and tell it. Go for what you know. Yeah. Um, no, guys out there, go ahead. Yeah. Hey, BT. You. Know, it's been a while with Jay. What are we eating? Mm. Well, I'm in. Uh, I'm in Delaware and uh, didn't cook. You know, we had some family things we had to take care of. There's a place called out. Uh, Harris, Harris's Crab Deck. And, um, uh, you know, in this part of the world, it's tough to get crawfish. Uh, you can get them, uh, but it's tough to get them live and, and on the table the same day. So thankful for the airplane, the airline industry. <laughs> right. I was at Harris's and some great crawfish. Uh, I don't know if that helps anybody in and the rest, but I'm just telling you, I ate about four pounds of that crawfish, and it was great. So if you never had crawfish, um, it's easy way to think about them. They're like shrunken down lobster. Uh, there's an old wives' tale that they started in Nova Scotia, uh, the lobster, and they moved down to uh, Louisiana, and they wanted to bring the lobsters with them. So they had to tie them to the back of the wagon train. So by the time they got down to Louisiana, they shrunk. And uh, uh, But anyway, crawfish are really good. Oh, you're so stupid. <laughs> that was a good one. You're so stupid. Well, I'm just trying to help you out in case I hadn't had any crawfish. Oh, man. Uh, so Snoop was here last night. Uh, through no coincidence, here he was here on 420. On 421, the city woke up and it was covered in fog. You could not see t- six feet in front of you. So, <laughs> so that's how they roll in on O Street, brother. That's how they get down. <laughs> How um, was that? Did you did you go? Jay went. You got to ask Jay. Jay's about to give his scout report on what he saw yeah, last it was, night. It was phenomenal, man. It was a good show, and the smoke yeah. was there from. Uh, you know, I always say it was so much smoke as you know when they get like a new was a new cardinal <laughs> or, or or somebody out there over there. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's it. That's you know what? Cat 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 Williams recently cracked a joke about the uh, 
the accessories that go with certain performances. Uh huh. And he was talking about the accessories of you know residue and uh, maybe certain alcohol and beverages and certain uh, uh, types of cigarettes. Uh huh. And he he said to the crowd, and he's being silly, and I hope I'm not being reckless on there. He says. He says, if you're worried about COVID, he says, this is probably the safest place to be. There ain't no way COVID can fight through all this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and the thing about performers like that is not only shows good, but I always, because I, I saw Prince a couple times, and it's not just the show, it's the, 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 the crowd is the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you start to see things and people like, you know, where you come from? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, Jay's got some stories, that's for sure. He, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. We'll, we may get some out of him here coming up. All right, BT. All love right. you, bro. Go enjoy the family. Thanks, Barry. Appreciate you, man. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Barry Thompson, Fairfax Football Academy. We throw the break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll ask Jay about Snoop. What's going on? And then we'll talk about the NBA playoffs because it was a weird night in the NBA again. And then maybe we'll get their picks for tonight. Can they get it right? You can pick the games, but I, I mean, probably who's, who's, not. Who's going to score? <laughs> Let's see. We'll find out next. You're listening to Old School with DP and J. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.